Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Guys, welcome back to the Pelican Scoop, a hoop-ball.com presentation. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. And due to my lack, I suppose, thereof, or limited knowledge of college basketball and the impending draft where the Pelicans are picking number 10, I've decided to assemble my own, well, sort of pseudo-Avengers, I guess. Um, I've got the other hoop-ball guys on to... to do a big round table and we're going to have a chat. Uh, we're going to break down the draft. Who's going where? What do we want? Who should, uh, who's going to be, I suppose, over uh, drafted? Who's going to be underdrafted? A few sleepers. We're just going to chew the fat for a bit for a, uh, oh, no, a little while. See where the, see where the day slash evening um, takes us. I know you guys are a bit later in the evening. For me, it's 9am. So guys, <laughs> welcome. Who have we got? We got Will Harris from the All Rookie Podcast. Will, how are you going, mate? Hey, I'm doing great, Lyle. Great to return the favor and be on your show. So it's glad I'm glad to be here. Yeah, definitely check out the All Rookie Podcast. Thanks for having me on. Mate, pleasure to have you. Then we've also got David Williams from the Hoop Ball Grizzlies. David, how are you going, mate? Good, man. Excited about this draft. The Grizzlies are a little bit further down, but a lot of great prospects in this draft. Who else we got down there? Isaac Simpson, also from the, uh, the Hoop Ball Grizz. Isaac, first time on the show. Yeah. How are you going, mate? Man, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on, man. We're we're excited down here in Memphis, as David said. We're down at, at 17, but uh, our GM, Zach Kleiman, has been known to move around a little bit, so anything can happen, man. We can move up. We can move down. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be a fun draft, and I'm excited about it. And to round us out, yeah, well, it's great to have you as well, mate. We've got uh, Corbin Ford from, what is it, NBA Today, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. We, we, we got a little rename. We got a little round ball ramble up in here, you know? That was clever. It took me all night to come up with that one. But um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, man, happy to be here. Join all you guys. A lot of you guys I've been talking with or, you know, tweeting. And it's good to all be in the same space. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I feel like we're all on the different uh, group chats and the uh, the Slack and all those different things. And then <laughs> yeah. we never actually get on and, and actually chew the fat ourselves. 
chat with one another and uh, and weigh it off on the actual shows. So I thought I would try to uh, rally as many together as we could and um, yeah, chat about the draft. It's one of those things that brings people together, I guess, um, as well as tearing Twitter spaces apart. But <laughs> um, to start us off, I thought we just run top to bottom. If we've got the draft orders in front of us, I mean, you guys are probably um, much more... Uh, advanced in terms of who's going where what's who's doing what um so i thought we could just run one to 30 who do we think's going where and i mean happy for discussion so i mean number one consensus has to be who do we think Cade. Yeah. Cade. Cade. yeah for sure for sure okay got so Cade, uh we've got he's way out of oklahoma stays point guard shooting guard what makes this guy so special isaac do you want to kick us off yeah, man, um, Kate, I mean, he's a unique prospect. I mean, having having point guard skills at 6'7", about 220, 225 pounds, I mean, you just don't see that every day. Um, a, a guy that can handle the basketball and do, do the things that he does at that size, I mean, it's it, it's it's unique, and it, it makes him hard to guard. Uh, I mean, you got him going up against smaller guards in the league. I think he's going to be able to hit the ground running from day one and, and really cause some problems in the NBA. Man, I love him as a prospect, watched a lot of Oklahoma State, because of him this year. And I think, I mean, I, I think he's going to be tremendous. I think he's going to have a, a long career. Um, you you kind of go back and, and look at in, in the past of guys that reminds you of, even though he wasn't really a point guard, Grant Hill. And ironically, Grant Hill played in Detroit. That's kind of what he reminds me of. Uh, it kind of in, in, in the mold of in playing point guard, he kind of reminds me of Grant Hill and, and some of the skills he can do with that high fast basketball, uh, shoot the three. I mean, he can, do it all. Not the biggest athlete, but outside of that, I mean, he's a tremendous prospect. And again, 6'7", 220, been able to play point guard. I mean, it's it's tremendous. And I think there's no doubt that he's going to be, I think, an all-star in this league. Oof. There's big props for the, for the young fellow there. Uh, David, anything to add? No, no. I think Isaac pretty well hit it, man. That, that's, uh, you know, I, I think that there may have been slight discussion of possibly Evan, Evan Mobley, but Kate is just the, the best prospect in this draft. I, I I think whenever it comes down to draft day, there's there's not gonna be any hesitation. It's gonna be Cade and a landslide. Yeah. Will any 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 thoughts on Cade? Yeah, uh, uh he definitely nailed it. Uh it's nothing much to add to it. You know, I see a little Jason Tatum in this game. Uh yeah, but, I see that too. You know, yeah, so I, I think he's a great pick. It's a lot of discussion on teams trying to move up and try to get that pick from Detroit, but I'm sure it will take a boatload of everything <laughs> they're gonna have to send the whole kitchen sink but uh well he should definitely go number one regardless of who's picking oh, i completely agree and i i know um david and i got on into a little twitter back and forth over my proposed trade for the pelicans to get Cade. uh we picked number one and um apparently eric bledsoe and um pick 10 wasn't enough <laughs> all defensive second hey. so, i'd go with that lyle i support it <laughs> what are your thoughts on Cade? cool you know, I, I mean, listen, every, everyone covered it really just so well. I think that it's not that debatable only because the highest possible outcome for Cade being, like, immediately able to contribute is just better than the other guys, even though, like, the ceiling floor may be different or, or you may like um the fit of, you know, we're going to talk about, like, Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs or someone else. Like, you have a, a better chance of Cade just coming in and just fitting right in for a team that could possibly make the playoffs with the, with the roster they already have constructed than you do with anyone else. I just think it's that clear. And like y'all already described, I mean, you look at 
just the attributes he has, what he brings to the table, the poise that he brings, you know, shooting 40% from three, all of that. I mean, it's all purpose. It's all purpose offensive initiator for a league that values those like none of it. Yeah. I think there were some concerns from, from Pistons fans early because of Killian Hayes. They are, are these two guys <laughs> going to be able to play together? But I, I think at the end of the day, you you don't even really need to have that conversation. Like yes, crazy when, when you're when you're picking number one, you're taking the best player there. And and Hayes, what what's the the weirdest thing to me about all of that is Hayes played off the ball some last year. So he has shown that he's capable of playing off of the ball. And you're talking about taking somebody, and it's not like you know, the 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 drop off from K to Jalen Green would be that far, but you know, as far as projections, I, I just, you know, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about fit, especially with a young team in Detroit. I'm not worried about fit. I just think that, you know, draft the best player available and work with whatever you got. You know, you can make trades later if it's not working out. But if you pass on a possible franchise changing player because of fit, it can come back and, and, and eat you for sure. Yeah, and I think it just adds to the, the versatility. I mean, you with Katie, six, seven. 220. So, I mean, he can play some off the ball. It just brings versatility. I mean, I think you could play him and Killian together. Killian can be on the ball sometimes, and you can put Kate on the ball sometimes, Kate off the ball, and vice versa. So, I, I just think they're crazy, man. Just to be, take the take the prospect in and, uh, and best player in the draft and prosper, man. That's kind of what I, people always have, have something to complain about, man. I wish the Grizzlies were sitting up there, number one. I wouldn't be worried about was he could play with Ja or not. It would be easy pick for me. Could you imagine Jar and uh, and Cade playing alongside one another? The teams would be yeah, man, that's scary, <laughs> scary man. Yeah, I mean, uh, from all reports, you know, you, you always with a with a number one draft pick, you, you need to swing for the fences. You're going for the best player. You know, sometimes you whiff. Otherwise, usually you're getting a, a surefire guy that goes on to have a really good career. So you know, whether the Detroit Pistons had. 10 point guards on there, you're still going to go and get this guy. A, a, a six, seven, you know, like you said, you can play off the ball. You can even slide him to the three at times. You can play a three guard lineup. You know, there's a few different guys on that roster that are, you know, that, that you can expand and, and build around Kate. I think um, this is a chance for them to really, uh, I suppose, revitalize the franchise. One that's sort of been, I don't know, middling along for, um, for some, well, period, long period of time now, I guess. Um, who we got? Number two, is to the Houston Rockets. That's a great chat. That's exactly what, <laughs> what I think we want to hear. That's exactly what I want to hear as well. That is awesome. Corbin, I'm going to get you to kick off on this one. Who is Houston picking with pick number two? Oh, my goodness. You're going to start me on the one that I'm sure you're going to. Okay. <laughs> if you want, I can throw it to someone no. else. <laughs> no, no, I'm messing with you, man. No. <laughs> now, I've gone back and forth on this, um, mostly not because of the prospect, but just the team. And, I mean, well, let's just start the conversation now. I'm going with – and I've I switch back and forth, but right now my heart is leaning toward Jalen Green. It, it, it just is. Um, I think you look at a guy only 19, just super athletic, immediately I feel puts on a show, helps that backcourt tremendously. I think he pairs better with Kevin Porter Jr. off the bat than I see a Mobley Christian Wood pairing happening and just avoiding clunkiness in that way. You could have him sliding at the two, play off of both um, Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. Um, someone who I think can come in and have a similar, I don't want to say like an Anthony Edwards type season, but just focusing on his strengths. And he already proved that just playing with the G League Unite team, that this is something he could already do at NBA level, which is put the ball in the basket. And so I look at him as someone I, I project as a high level scorer. And I think as of right now, uh, 617, my time, 
um, <laughs> that he would be a nice fit for Houston. Ooh, Will, what do you reckon? Are you going with uh, Green? <laughs> I'm one of the few that are not taking Evan Mobley or Jalen Green. I believe they should take Jalen Suggs, the six four. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and just in my opinion, I think he's the second best player in this draft. Uh, he has amazing court vision, very clutch. I mean, he was just prime time all year in college, and he led his team to almost an undefeated season. Uh, he just pops on the screen when you see his tape. Uh, John Wall is not long for this team. Uh, I think he can play well with Kevin Porter Jr. And, uh, you know, when I see him, I see a little Damian Lillard, a little Brandon Roy in his game. Are you going to pass on that to get someone that is full of potential and Evan Mobley and, and Jalen Green? He's not going to be Damian Lillard. So, you know, I, I'm different than most people on that. But <laughs> I see Jalen Lillard going to Houston. What's up, Corbin? You, you know, there's been some talk on NBA Twitter. You know, we got to always believe everything they say. They're comparing Jalen Green to Kobe now, okay? Ooh. I ain't say it, but that's oh, see, I, I hadn't heard that one. I hadn't heard that. One. <laughs> Man, you you can't do that. That those drives yeah, are crazy. Right. Like I know, I, I, I hate those comparisons, man. Yeah, Me too. I was playing. Have a comp. <laughs> yeah, have a comp. That's fine, but like to say, oh, I'm gonna compare this guy to Jordan. Yeah, or, or Magic Jordan, yeah. or Bird or LeBron. It's like, man, you you cannot say that this is gonna be. You know, that's generational talent. Can't, you can't compare those guys. I'm taking Kobe number two. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah hey, if, he, if he told me, man. If he okay. told me, yeah, for sure. Hands down. Right, right. Um, yeah, Isaac, what are your thoughts? Man, I, I agree with all the points they made. Uh, you, you you have Christian Wood there who had a tremendous season despite the injuries. Um, but I still think they go Evan Mobley. I think if this was any other draft and Kate Cunningham wasn't sitting there, I think Evan Mobley would go Number one, I mean, just a guy at seven foot can can move the way that he moves. He, he's agile, man. The the footwork that he brings, uh, I mean, he does need to bulk up a little bit, but I think he's going to be. I, I think you look at the two players in this draft. I think Kay Cunningham, Evan Mobley are both going to be be all stars. Uh, I just the skills that Evan Mobley brings to the table, uh, just at that size, I, I just think are too much to pass up. I, I think they take Mobley and. And try to find a way to make it work. I think you can move Christian uh, Christian Wood to the four, play him at the four, and play him together. And I think that'll make a formidable formidable front court that's going to cause problems for for years in advance. So I understand that I understand the fit. I think Jalen Green, you could definitely make a point that he fits better there. Uh, but I think they go with Evan Mobley. Yeah, so that's that's three people with three different players, right? So David, you're the yeah, tiebreaker. So, <laughs> hey, what do you reckon, David? Uh, I'm going. <laughs> It's tough. You know, you look at fit on team and I just talked about with Detroit. Okay. Are you, are you worried about fit? Are you taking the best player available? And you can argue just like these guys said, you know, uh, William made a great point about Jalen Suggs and, and what he was able to do at Gonzaga. You know, my, my only question with that would be, yeah, he was able to do that. He played very well, but that's also a loaded lineup. You know, they had, four guys that are probably going to get drafted in this draft on, on a college team. So, you know, he, he looked really good and I don't think that you can go wrong with either of these three guys, but I, to me, between these three, I think Jalen green has the highest upside. I think Evan Mobley is, is going to be good, but I just, I'm honestly, I'm scared of bigs. There have been so many bigs that have been drafted because they're seven yep. foot tall that just did not pan out. 
And when you have a six foot four, six foot five wing that can create his own shot, create for other people, that tends to translate. And so, you know, there's there's not a ton of questions in Mobley's game. He, he's a, a great prospect. I think that, you know, defensively, he's going to come in and make an impact immediately. Um, you know, the offensive end, I'm not so sure of it. So for me, Jalen Green it would be the guy if, if I'm the Rockets at two, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if they went Mobley. I, I think that the long shot there is Jalen Suggs, and that's a, not, not to, to throw Will under the bus there, but that, that's just kind of where, where I'm at with it. I'm, you know, I guess maybe it's it's uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome because of uh, um, uh, the Grizzlies' history with drafting big men, but uh, – yeah, man, don't don't you know, remind me, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to meet with a number two pick didn't work out so well for the Grizzlies. So, you know, it, it's oh lord. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it just it just hit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. yeah he he should, who should not be named, man. I'm not gonna say yeah. that name. <laughs> but, like, yeah. but like, I guess here's the question I have for you. I mean, just throwing it out off the cuff. Like in my mm. mind, that's kind of my thing too. I don't want to knock. Um, on Mobley and he, I mean, he seems to be consensus pick, you know, but I feel like much of the same conversation, they're not the same players. I'm not saying that they are, but I feel like much of the same conversation was thrown in for Wiseman last year in terms of can't miss, you know, this is kind of the clear pick this and that for different reasons, of course, but then ultimately we saw a big kind of go through the growing pains in a league that I think it's like, like was mentioned before, a lot easier for swing men who could put the ball in the basket with a, a set, you know, a select a set skill with plenty of upside than to have a guy who could do a whole lot of things. But right now, I mean, he's definitely gonna be a great player wherever he goes, but like, is he that guy to be like, okay, you know, we're drafting him or two to build around, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, this is tough because, you know, they're different players as well. So you're sitting at Evan Mobley, you've got this skinny tall bloke, who, you know, looks like he could be a really good prospect. But we've also seen big men just take, you know, two, three years to really put that size on it and dominate. You know, you have a look at these guys like even Cat and AD, like straight away they didn't come out and average, I don't think they averaged 20 anyway, happy to be corrected. But, you know, they were skinny kids who needed to put that size on. And I think as an NBA big man, they'll need to be more patient as to whether or not Houston is prepared to do that, hopefully, since they flogged everyone else off. Um, But... You know, that is tough. I don't think we've ever had a draft that, well, that I remember, maybe we have, um, that two, three, four, and even five are probably interchangeable. And no one, I don't think anyone is going to say, oh, yeah, I probably could have gone him or I probably could have gone him. I think all of them are, are pretty good prospects um, from all the uh, from all of the, the hype that's surrounding them. Uh Pick number three, it's Cleveland. They have talked about going to number one. I don't think they've got the assets to do it. I don't think Detroit is silly enough to move on it, surely. I mean, Colin Sexton is interesting, but I don't know if there's – I don't see the point. I think you've got to go and get Cade Cunningham. But uh, Cleveland, uh, who should we start with? David, what do you reckon? Who's getting number three if – I don't know who the yeah. top two were. But <laughs> This one is uh, – it's tough. I think a lot of it hinges on what Houston does. Um, they're, they're not going, they're not going to Suggs, I think is out at three. I don't think that he goes to Cleveland, um, just because talent wise, you're, you're pretty close there. And green is just a better fit, a lot of talent. So if, if Houston takes green at two, then I think, man, I don't, this is honestly the trickiest pick of the draft to, to me, because they have Jared Allen. They just traded for him Mm -hmm. a young, big, and is that if 
if Houston happens to take Jalen Green at two and leaves Mobley on the board, are they going to draft a guy like Mobley having Jared Allen on the squad already? And I don't know Mango. how you justify that, man. I really, really, really don't. It's I think whatever Houston does at two is really going to affect the way that the that Cleveland moves forward here with the third pick. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, two two through five is they are fairly interchangeable. If for whatever reason Houston goes Jalen Green at number two, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they go Kuminga at three here. Yep. So that's what I think. That's what I was yeah, just saying. Yeah, I mean, if, if that happens, yeah. That's what I would do if I were them. Yeah, I was gonna say if I was Cleveland in that scenario, and um, I, I would I would take Amiga there. Um, I don't think Suggs, like you said, is is a good fit fit there. And they got just got Jared Allen, so they don't really need Evan Mobley. I think Kaminga would be the guy. Um, I, I think he makes the most sense there. And I'm a big Kaminga fan anyway. I think he has tremendous upside, and you could look up and end up he end up being the best player in this draft. That would wouldn't surprise me at all. So I wouldn't hesitate if I was them in that scenario to take him there. Golden, you looking? Oh, oh no, my fault, y'all. <laughs> no, I was saying, yeah, I mean, for for me, for Cleveland, I this is where I kind of like Mobley. I think that, um, you, I mean, you have a lot of questions right now with obviously you mentioned Colin Sexton. I think that the fit he's not Mobley. I think will be a lot better in Cleveland because although they did make that trade, they brought in Jared Allen. They can still re-sign Allen and kind of go with a rotation of him and Mobley for a couple of years. Even they might even be able to play. I would probably put them together but you know we've seen um Allen step out this year and hit a couple of threes uh Mobley can kind of do that without having the pressure of getting the ball on offense and making things happen because with enough guys on that team right now to at least attempt up the ball in the basket uh, I, I like that better I think that you can kind of cement him more around that area but I mean maybe you know Cleveland tries to shop this I, I don't know for what like you said I don't think they're going to go up for like a the number one or two but um I like Mobley. I think his fit here will be a lot cleaner of a fit, mixing a little perimeter ball with a little inside play as well. Mm, will, any thoughts? Uh, for me, I have Jalen Green going number three for all the reasons Corbin explained at pick number two. You know, he does have that potential. You know. <laughs> he's got, I do think he's going to be a really good player in this league. And uh, But when you pick him, it's already been talks of Colin Sexton being on the trading block. You probably will have to go ahead and trade Colin Sexton and you will get something in return for that. You know, I don't think they should go with Kaminga because they got um, Isaac Okoro last year. So you have two guys in there that are pretty raw and non-offensive. But uh, they would be great on the defensive end. But, um, you know, I would say Jalen Green is too good of a talent to pass. But I wouldn't mind Mobley either because I do think he could play with uh, Jared Allen also. Some interesting interesting prospects for Cleveland. They're going to have a, a hard time. You know, sometimes they're – iffy with uh number one and top three draft picks um we're not going to ma- mention anthony bennett but we will uh <laughs> pick four toronto um who's going to kick us off isaac what do you think of toronto with the fourth pick um i think they go Jalen Suggs. i think we've, you've seen a lot of a lot of fire there um i think that's the name that's been connected with them the most um and i think he's I mean, they have a lot of guards there already, but again, I, and, and me and David have kind of talked a lot about this on our show. I just think, especially when you're picking this high, man, you go with the, the best player on the board, and that, that's kind of what I think Houston does with Mobley. Um, and two, even though I think Jalen Green might be a better fit, I just think Suggs at that point, uh, when you take Mobley, you take Green out of the board, I, I just think he's the best fit. I, I don't think you go 
And I'm just kind of goes against what I just said, but I don't think you go Kaminga there because he's kind of similar to Pascal Siakam. That's actually the, the cup that you see for him a lot um, is Siakam. So I think Suggs is the guy. And, I mean, he's a leader. I mean, I think that's one of his, his biggest qualities. Uh, some some things that don't show up in the stat sheet. And, again, I just think that's the, kind of the way they go. And uh, I think Suggs goes number four to Toronto. Well, you know, they're getting – they're getting to the end of, I suppose, Kyle Lowry's tenure from all reports up at the Raps. So, you know, if you can get the heir apparent with uh, with Jalen Suggs, another lead-up point guard, you know, could be a could be a winner up there. Um, Corbin, what are your thoughts? I, I I like Suggs. I'm right there. I'm right there in agreement with that. I think that he's just. I mean, he's a fit for me and like the heir apparent for a Lowry, someone who just fits the culture of these Toronto guards that they've had for Lowry and Fred Van Vliet who can kind of play both. I guess you could bring out Malachi Richardson in that same, in that same sense, but a guy who can kind of play both positions, shoot the ball. Well, you know, a natural leader on his own on a team that has some veteran leadership there. Uh, I just think it's a nice slot. You have him, you have Van Vliet, Pascal, um, Chris Boucher, Ojin and Obi. I mean, let's say you bring that team back to Toronto. I think we're looking at another top three team. It'd be an exciting young team as well, and I think they'll be causing some damage in the East for <laughs> for a little while to go uh, mm-hmm. going forward. Um, Will, what do you reckon? You're with Suggs. Oh, so now, so now y'all love Jalen Suggs. Huh? Okay, <laughs> right. They just wanted him in Canada. They just wanted it slash Tampa. Right, right. They move him. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, if the board falls away, I'm saying Evan Mobley is still available. And I think he would be the perfect fit for the Raptors. You know, in my opinion, that's the position that they're lacking in the most. Uh, They were running Aaron Baines out there. You have Chris Boucher, who's 29, but still raw. You know, he's starting to develop, but he's 29. Um, So he's not big enough, really. (laughs) Yeah, he's an older older gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if, if Evan Mobley fell to Toronto, not only would he be the best player on the board, he'd be the best fit so far selected in the draft, I feel, so. Yeah, uh, I'm sure Toronto is crossing their fingers on that one. I think that'd be the dream for them, right? Because that, that has oh, been yeah. kind of a position since, you know, they, they traded for Gasol to win the title. They, they've really been hurting at the center position. And, you know, Baines has proved that he just, you know, he is a rotation big man, but he's not necessarily a starting big man in the league. And that would be – That'd be crazy with, with what they had, you know, Malachi Flynn, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Siakam, and then Mobley. That, that's, that's, oh, and OG, I forgot about OG. OG and OG, man. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a pretty solid starting five. It's going to scare some people. It is going to absolutely scare some people. And uh, particularly with the East still being a bit wide open, you know, you got the Bucks there, but, you know, sixes are sort of imploding. There's a few different teams, uh, sort of, oh, I guess the Nets. Um, the Knicks are looking okay, but the Raps, you know, they had a pretty tough season being in um, in Tampa, getting relocated. You know, these guys have set up lives and the like you think in Canada. So it's a bit of a different uh, different lifestyle being in Tampa. But, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know who they're going to take, um, but I like that Suggs or, or if Mobley does fall there, you've just got to grab the best player available. I think top four, you just have to. I think you, you don't. Swing for the fence. Well, you swing for the fences in terms of making it fit later on, but you've just got to grab the best guy. And um, all of those guys seem like good players. Now, to round out the top five, I reckon after the fifth pick, we're going to round out probably six, seven, and eight, and we'll just throw some guys out for those guys and group them together. I'm just conscious I'm not keeping guys up uh, to midnight. 
Um, <laughs> sorry, guys, time differences. Me recording in the morning, got all day. Um, Orlando, pick five. Uh, David Williams, can you kick us off? Who's Orlando taking? Yeah, I, I think Kuminga is still on the board there. And at this point, he's the best player on the board for what they have. You know, there's you got Markel Fultz, um, Gary Harris in the trade with Denver, RJ Hampton. So they're pretty guard heavy. Uh, I don't think they're going to be looking at a, a, a point guard slash shooting guard type. I think Kuminga is the guy that they target. Oh, yeah. Isaac, thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. I think Kuminga is definitely the guy there. And as I said earlier, I, I think they're going to be lucky to be able to get him there five because if, if he reaches his potential, I, I think he's right up there with, with Cade and, and Evan Mobley as a guy you can look back three, four years down the line. And he's the best player in this draft. I mean, he's 6'7". I mean, he's explosive, above the rim, uh, can, can overpower guys, get to the basket, can, can score from mid-range. I mean, he can do a lot of things. Now, he's raw. I mean, it, it's it's potential with him, and I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to year one set the world on fire. But, again, I, I just think there's so much there with him to, to work with, and I think he's a guy that has a good chance of realizing that potential, and I think you got to look back, and he's going to look like a top-three player in this draft when we look back three or four years down the line. So, Orlando's a team that has a lot of young guys, a lot of a lot of room to grow, uh, and, and he's a guy that can grow along with those guards. I think it'd be a tremendous pick for them there at five. It's gonna be super scary got... with Jonathan Isaac there as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean those <laughs> two guys, got... man, defensively, <laughs> what they could do. So we just done a community mock draft, and I actually I had the Magic. That was a team I was drafting for, but that they've got a lot of good young players. The Isaac's coming back off of the injury. They've got Wendell Carter Jr. down there, Chumo Kiki, uh, Mo Bamba. Uh, they, they've got the young guards and young front court. I, I think that whoever takes over there, they, they've still yet to name a coach. But I, I think that while it's a young roster, you're not going into an awful situation. If you get the right coach that can develop talent, I think the magic that Magic team can surprise a lot of people. Yeah, they have a lot, lot of length, a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, big guards. I mean, they have they have some stuff to work with down there, man. They got some prospects that these guys paying out, man. They could be a team. I mean, you think about defensively what they'll be able to do with that length. I mean, it could be crazy if these guys, all these guys paying out. Yeah, man. If you Kuminga, Isaacs, and and Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba, man, at the same time, man, that, that's <laughs> that is a, a pretty stiff defensive front court, man. There's going to be some length, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corbin, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm right with the rest of y'all. I think it kind of has to be in this case. I definitely would love to see Kaminga's jump shot improve, but it was really between Kaminga and Scotty Barnes for me for this spot. And I think, honestly, Kaminga does a lot more off-ball while still having some playmaking ability, where Scotty Barnes for Florida, from what I've seen, kind of almost played point guard for them. You don't really need another guy on ball for Orlando when you already have Marco Fultz returning. You know, eventually you have, um, you know, we already mentioned the others they have in the backcourt alongside those guys you know you mentioned not even a gary harris and um rj hampton who are kind of waiting in the wings but you got cole anthony who really came mm-hmm. on late in the year as well so you need enough guys who can who don't have the hands on the ball you need another guy who can like just finish you know maybe focus on growing from there uh see how he fits like you said alongside jonathan isaacs when he returns um alongside uh chumo kiki as well they're gonna have a lot of length they're gonna have the kind of team that you know this orlando front office loves jeff Altman and, and john hammond they love that type of length athleticism there and if he can even grow and get that jump shot going i yeah i i'm all on him like i'm still very high on scotty barnes when we get to him 
But I think right now the one benefit that Kaminga has is that he doesn't need to be on the ball to be successful right now. Yeah, Will, do you agree? Well, that's a nice transition there, Corbin, because I'm going with Scotty Barnes. With wow. The, <laughs> the Orlando Magic. Yeah, uh, Scotty Barnes is uh, silently moving up draft boards. A lot of people are having him go even to the top three right now and third pick to Cleveland, uh, in my opinion. I think the only difference probably is, like you said, the ball handling and his just his potential, his wingspan, all that, and he's three inches taller than Kaminga. So they're saying he could be Draymond Green. All type of different things. So at this point, next, magic, hey, the next magic, magic, magic Johnson, <laughs> the next Magic Johnson, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, the magic have, going with that. <laughs> the, Here we go. The, the Magic have young talent at every position, <laughs> so they cannot be drafting for position, in my uh, opinion. I think uh, they just need to go with the guy with the highest ceiling, and right now that appears to be Scotty Barnes. Ooh, it's a controversial pick up there, but um, you know, if you do turn into Magic Johnson, well, you're laughing, aren't you? So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had not, I did not say that, y'all. <laughs> it was shades um, of that. It was shades of that Kobe comparison. We gotta have one yeah, legend yeah. throw out there randomly. Yeah. So I like that. Good job. We'll do it again, in like four picks. Yeah, who's MJ? <laughs> Is he going like pick twelve or something? Hopefully, to pick ten to the um <laughs> to the Bellingham. <laughs> right? Um, and also yeah. news this morning was Jamal Mosley was named as um head coach of the Orlando Magic, according to Mark Spears. So there's only two vacant head coaching spots left being the Wizards and the Pelicans because they're taking their sweet time um, as per normal, um, which is lovely. But um, yeah, he's going to be a fantastic fit there, I think, as well. Um, he actually played in the NBL uh, having a Google um, mostly. So he was he's 14 years as an assistant coach. But anyway, he's got his, uh, he's got his chance to take on a young Orlando Magic team. So looking forward to seeing who they pick as well. Now, as I sort of uh, foreshadowed uh, previously, I reckon we just group the next, I don't know, six, seven, eight, um, obviously conscious of time for you guys. Um, Oklahoma is six, Golden State is seven, and Orlando, again, is at eight. So I suppose if you swing for the fences at Kaminga, you can hopefully get someone a little bit perhaps – I don't know, more safe, question mark, um, at pick eight. Who are, who's the next tier underneath that uh, consensus top five? Um, David, kick us off. Do you have three? Um, so, yeah, number one for me outside of those, you know, uh, we talked about Scotty Barnes. He would mm-hmm. definitely be, uh, I think, the next pick. Um, but James Boknight's another guy that, that's been climbing up boards. He, he's a – man, I – when we initially started talking about draft, um, Boke Knight was f- quite a bit further down on the boards, and he was my number one guy for the Grizzlies. There's been talk about the Grizzlies possibly moving up. I don't know that they're going to get this far up, but, like, that would be the dream. He's just a a guy that can be if, – if he moves into your starting lineup, great, but he could definitely be the microwave scoring guy off the bench, I think, right off the bat. So he is probably – to me, out of the guys that we got left on the board, he's he's the most impressive. Yeah, uh, Isaac, what do you think? Yeah, man. Once, once you get past, once you get past Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga, there, I think at the bottom of that that five six right there, I man. There's a lot of a lot of different ways this could go. I mean, you look at and, and when you look at, at most mock drafts, there's a group of guys here that I'm not really a, a big fan of. I mean, Keon Johnson is kind of a, a, a guard out of Tennessee, uh, really athletic, uh, has some potential, but I. I just don't know. I don't see why he's a 10 pick front. Franz Wagner out of Michigan is another guy 
that you see consistent top 10, Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. And those are three guys that, to me, they're just not top 10 picks. Uh, David mentioned James Boknight is the guy that I really like. I think Marcus Moody would be the guy for me, 6'6", 211-pound shooting guard in Arkansas. Um, it, There's it's a no Marcus it's, Moody in Arkansas. I mean, man. Marcus Moody. Mo, Moses Moody. <laughs> Moses Moody. <laughs> I got Memphis, got, got Memphis on the brain, man. Former Memphis Tiger, Marcus Moody. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Moses Moody is uh, a, a guy, a prospect that I really like. And I think, to me, I would take him over Keon Johnson or Franz Bacher if you're taking a wing there. And Davion Mitchell. I think he's the best guard. And Boke Knight would kind of be the next guy for me. So, I, I'm not really worth the consensus on these mock drafts. I think those are the two next guys that would be in the next tier for me. Mm. Yeah, Coolman, what do you think? I mean, first off, I- I'm going to have to go off of Isaac. If we can't talk Marcus Moody out of retirement to re-enter the draft, <laughs> then, then we got we to gotta start looking at it- – it's weird. It- I think after number five, it's been talked about before, I'm really just going to add to that consensus, like you all mentioned, where it's kind of just up in the air. Uh, Book night makes sense in terms of fit, in terms of, you know, he's active at least defensively, offensively, you know what he's going to bring, you know, shooting a three, all of that. Um, Keon Johnson's athleticism is just it- – it's intriguing to me especially when he's going straight downhill, but shooting 26% from three being squarely a wing. Uh, maybe not. I can see it's like a little yeah. through all type. If this was like 1995, um, not dating myself there, but anyway, really not. Okay. But um, I put him more like that, but like, I don't know. I, I think Wagner makes the most sense. Not only do I have a soft spot for his older brother, former Laker, great Mo Wagner, but um, like he's someone <laughs> that I think could be like a Jack of all trades, something like a, like a, like a Nicholas Batum. You know, I've seen some compared to like a Nilla Gallinari or Lamar Odom. I don't see that level upside yet. But if you can do a little bit of everything, I mean, Batum had a couple years where he was doing like nine, five, and four. That's not great. That's certainly not like top seven, but this is what we have to work with. And if you can make an impact in that many different ways, being a Swiss Army knife of a player, you know, being a decent shooter in a draft that, let's be real, after Book Night is kind of rough. Well, Book Night and Moody, I might say, is kind of rough on shooting. If you can bring a little bit of everything on that alongside with 6'9", 220, with that heightened frame, I think that's one of your best bets in this NBA. So that'll be one guy I would put like just standing out. Hmm, interesting. And Will, what's that next tier for you, mate? Uh, so you want me to go ahead and go six, seven, and eight? Oh, yeah. Why not? All right. Uh, for <laughs> uh, my next tier, I guess I'll start with Jonathan Kaminga. You guys mentioned him at five. Wow. Uh, I think if he goes to OKC, um, you know, they're they're in need for developing. They're not they don't care about winning right now, so he'll be a perfect fit for them. Golden State, I have a sleeper with Alperine Sangoon. Uh, the six nine big man from Turkey. I think he could be that's great if he could, if he could possibly reach uh, Demontis Sabonis levels. Uh, that's going to be a steal level pick. And then I agree with Isaac with James Booknight, Isaac and David. Uh, I think Booknight, if he went to eight to Orlando, that would be a great pairing with their fifth pick. Um, and I totally agree. Um, I don't like Keon Johnson or Mo Wagner either. Is it Mo Wagner? Franz Wagner. Yeah, yeah. So neither yeah. one of the Wagner. <laughs> Nobody so, likes yeah. Mo anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, uh, those three are standing out to me at six, seven, and eight. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, very interesting next tier. Now, I mean, Sacramento is Sacramento, so they'll just pick whoever New Orleans have their eyes on. Which <laughs> um, <laughs> seems to be a theme, as they always pick ahead of us. Um, yeah. I'm going to go to the most important pick in this draft. Uh, pick number 10, <laughs> New Orleans. Disrespect um, the Kings. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Kings. Uh, I mean, yeah. Just, just stay directly behind us in standings. That will be fine uh, for us. But um, New Orleans got pick 10. Uh, there was a chance to move up into the top four. Otherwise, I think we could have slipped to 14 or something. But uh, however the lottery works, we ended up landing exactly where we finished. Uh, average sort of season uh, for the most part, besides Zion Williamson, who is fantastic. Um, <laughs> pick number 10, who is New Orleans selecting if they hold on to their pick? Um, Corbin, kick us off. I mean, you, you got to hope they don't, right? I mean, I don't really know. Like, who are you? I, I, I certainly don't really have any recommendations outside of like what I've looked at in terms of someone that would fit with that right now. You want to get shooting. Because, you know, I mean, aside from just, you know, giving up leads, I mean, you're, you're the Pelicans expert, you know what happened there. I feel like you didn't have enough space for, for, for Zion, uh, to a lesser extent, for Brandon Ingram, for anyone. So if you can't bring someone who could just, like, space the floor, uh, I think that's your, like, first and foremost priority. Then I feel like you're trying to shop and hopefully bring in somebody that can. Like, you kind of want to figure out your direction. I would imagine that Stan Van Gundy's gone for the same reason that Alvin Gentry's gone is because, you know, maybe the front office trying to move more to a win-now direction. So I don't know if you want yet another young person have to hopefully develop, especially when Zion is, is doing just that and so fast. Yeah, I agree. Uh, William, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it depends on who's there at 10. You know, if things don't go according to the consensus, you know, um, you could get a steal at 10. 
But and I do agree with Corbin also. I think you'll be in a better spot to possibly trade that pick if you can get great value. Uh, because New Orleans is a young team with pretty much talent at every position. Also, uh, a lot of people are saying you guys need a center that uh, can stretch the floor for Zion. That would help. But I don't know if anyone is at 10 that will do that for you. So, Jackson Heights. Well, well, I, hate, I hate to interrupt, but I also just saw a Twitter video two days ago of Stephen Adams running the corner and letting it rain from out there. So just stay tuned. Though. Just stay tuned. All right. Stretch Kway. There we go. <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for those 20, you know, 17 to 2020 Oklahoma City Thunder. So I, I stand right. for uh, Stephen Adams. <laughs> right, right. Hey, you never know. I hope it works out for him. But <laughs> in case it doesn't. Uh, but, no, um, if Davion Mitchell is available, I think he'll be the best player on the board. Um, you know, if, if even you can get any type of glimpse of Donovan Mitchell on your team, you can't say, well, we have a point guard or a shooting guard. Like, you get that guy on your team and Absolutely. you figure it out later. Um, so, you know, and he's great defensively. Uh, he's explosive. Only his only knock is that he he is six foot two and he doesn't get to the free throw line that much. If he was three inches taller, he'd be a guaranteed top five pick in my opinion. So I think you got to roll with that because Donovan Mitchell is six one six two also. So you got to go with that. Take a chance on somebody with that type of talent. Yeah, for sure. If he's there, well, we'll get him if he can score. So we need to shoot the three. Uh, David, what do you reckon? Who are the pills taking? So shooting, uh, Corbin mentioned shooting, and the best shooter in the draft is still on the board at this point. But with the Pelican struggles on defense, I, I don't think it's a guy that you can really justify taking at 10. But Corey Kispert is probably the best shooter in this draft, and he's still on the board. That would be somebody maybe you could look at. But I like he, he's not a guy that I, I'm picking at 10. And I think if they keep the pick, it's really – what do you need, right? So you have Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball that could possibly be leaving. Is that right? I, th- I think I yeah, looked at that right. Mm-hmm. So if I think their number one priority would be retaining Lonzo Ball. Like you don't want to let him leave after what he's doing. I, I think that he is a good fit with that, with the core. Um, and, and then you just look at somebody that can help that team defensively. Moses Moody would, would be a guy that I, I like at 10. Um, yeah, if he is not off the board. You know, the, the ones that float around in, in Pell's Twitter is Kispert because he can shoot the three um, and then also Moses Moody. And, you know, very – well, I mean, they're both good shooters. Uh, but I think the def- I think you hit the nail on the head. The defense is something that we're going to need, especially if you don't want to overpay for Josh Hart. Um, you know, while he's a fantastic defender and really high-energy guy and he's – does a whole heap of stuff that doesn't show up in a box score. Um, having sitting through a whole heap of uh, late fourth quarter collapses this year, you know, we were usually spurred on by Josh Hart right till the final um, final buzzer. He's about the only one that did. Uh, I, I am with you. Um, I think defense and shooting are our two main, uh, I suppose, needs at the moment. Um, Jackson Hayes has sort of come along in his own stride. So for him, you know, you've got, a really high potential guy uh, in terms of um, a big man. Lonzo Ball, you know, if you don't have to overpay for him, it would be good. If we have to pay him a max, well, you know, then it starts asking questions. But again, it all seeds mm-hmm. what comes down. Isaac, who do you think the Pels take? Yeah, but Kispert makes a lot of sense there because of the shooting. But like you said, the Pelicans have struggled so much defensively. You really can't justify taking him there because I don't think – I think he's going to really struggle on defense. I think he's going to be 
basically a shooting specialist. It, it's tough there. Um, I, I, I think I have to agree with David. I think I would go Moody if, if he's still on the board there at 10. I think his size and, and, and what he brings to the two-guard position, I think he'll be able to bring more defensive value than the other guys. Um, I, I, Devion Mitchell, I just wish he was like three inches tall, three or four inches taller, and I think yep. he'd be yep. a fantastic prospect. That's kind of what knocks him down for me. So if Moody's on the board, I think if I'm the Bills, I go there and and I kind of and I, and he, I don't know if he's going to help you tremendously defensively, but Lyle's countryman Josh Giddy, man, I'm a big time fan of Giddy. Uh, <laughs> and you, you look at the guards there. If you lose Lonzo Ball and and Josh Hart, you're going to need a guard there. And I think he's a playmaker, and I think him and Zion would be fun uh, watching them play together. The way he can pass the basketball, I think he'd really be good for Zion and kind of get him off the basketball because I, I don't like to experiment with Zion on the ball. I think that kind of hurt his game. I think they're better when, when he's not in that position. So, Giddy, I would give Giddy a look there, but I think if Moody's on the board, I think Moody would be the guy I would pull the trigger fit on 10. Yeah, well, man. Loud, loud. <laughs> yeah. Loud, just, just, just to upset you, I do have the Kings at nine taking Moses Moody. Like, wow. Honestly, I, I, really, I really do, honestly. So See why I skipped over it? Hopefully they don't. <laughs> hopefully they don't me? snipe you, right? <laughs> they can have Giddy. <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't think Davion is a bad fit there at all. I, I think Will made a, a great point with him because, like, if you're looking out of the guys that are wing players that are left on the board, and unless you're just taking a crazy swing at upside of, of a guy like Zaire Williams, and um, Isaac and I have talked about him on our podcast at length. He's not a guy that I'm a huge fan of. You go back and you watch his film at Stanford. I'm not seeing all this upside that people are talking yeah. about. So like, I, I'm not taking that chance there. And I don't think the Pelicans are in the spot where they really want to take a chance on uh, a guy with upside. I think they want a guy that can hit the floor running and contribute year one. And so, you know, if it, if Moody does get picked off at nine, Davion Mitchell defensive wise, you, you know, he can come in and I, I think that, He's going to struggle against bigger players, I think. But, you know, like the the one or two, the best one or two on the other team, I think that he could lock them down. I, I, honestly, I honestly think they're going to try to move the pick. Um, I, I think and you kind of see yeah. some reports coming out today that they're looking to – they want someone, a veteran. And I saw a report, mm-hmm. I think, Kurt Helen from NBC Sports uh, put their report out today that said they're looking to stop the pick to, to move for a veteran. And I think that might be what you see there because I don't – I don't love any of these prospects that, that'll be available for them there. I mean, Davion Mitchell, again, does make some sense. I just kind of, like I said, wish he was a little bit bigger at 6'1". He's going to struggle because I think he's really a two-guard, but he's kind of in a one-guard, uh, a point-guard body. And yeah. I think that's kind of the problem with him. And I, don't, I think defensively, I think he might not fix their problem there. So that's kind of my thoughts on on Davion. So it wouldn't, be, wouldn't surprise me if they move off that pick. Yeah. I think New Orleans has got to be praying that Boknight or Moody fall to 10. That, that's why yeah. they keep that pick. They want one of those two guys to be there. Yep. Yeah, uh, we need someone to contribute straight away. I think you can't go and have someone – we've had enough young guys. You know, we're going to get Kyra Lewis in the last draft. He was a well, – he'd come out as a sophomore, but he'd reclassified. So he was only 18 when, he, when we got him. He already played two games of uh, – two years of college basketball – Fantastic young prospect himself. So, you know, we've got a little speedster there as well. Um, De'Aaron Fox-like, but with a better jump shot. And I, I just don't think we need too many more 18-year-olds. I feel like the team, and, and Stan Van Gundy actually, he spoke on the Stupidity podcast um, oh, last week, I think it was, 
And he talked, he kept harping on how young the team was. And, you know, I can understand why they want to move it for a veteran. Honestly, if we can get someone that can contribute straight away, I think that's probably better for Zion. But, you know, if the, if the prospects are there, I do like those defensive-minded guys. You know, Davion Mitchell sounds... Um, I actually heard him speak, I think, in the pre-draft, in the pre-draft lottery. I think they had him on mic'd up on ESPN. And um, he spoke really well. So he looked like a pretty switched-on kid, which, you know... You like to see. I think you want those high character guys as well in your team because that uh, that can't do any harm. Um, now the next sort of bit is the end of the lottery, um, and that's where the the Memphis Grizzlies find themselves as well. Luckily, we've got two experts here, and um, this next sort of 11, 12, 13, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 up to Memphis at seventeen. What is that? I know we've probably flagged a few of those guys. Who is the, the best guy, I guess, in that sort of area? And I mean, it's all about picking need and the like at that point. But um, who, who's going to – well, actually, who's Memphis going to take, Isaac? <laughs> uh, yeah, 17, 17 is kind of a, a unique spot because I think there's a possibility that some guys that you think might not be there could, could fall. We kind of see that every year. So, I mean, you're kind of sitting there at 17, and there's a lot of different ways you can go because the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are a unique – don't really have room for rookie or minutes at this point. I mean, we think they're probably going to make some moves this summer to, to kind of consolidate that roster because they have a lot of guys at the shooting guard, small port position, kind of a overload there. So we think they'll make some moves to kind of kind of unload some of those guys. But they could, they, they're in a unique position where at 17, they could take a guy for upside that they could stash down in our G League team um, with the Memphis Hustle and, and kind of redshirt them, so to speak, and – have them develop down there. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways the Grizzlies could go with this. But, again, my favorite prospect in this range uh, is Josh Giddy. I mean, I love Josh Giddy. I don't think he makes it down to 17. I mean, that would be a dream scenario for me. But I, I think he's a fit on any team because of his unique skill set. I, I don't think he fits into any boxes position-wise. I think he could play one, two, or three. He could a guy that you can bring out the bench, kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy, put him on the ball. He can play some off the ball. Uh, I think him and Ja would be – Tremendous that play breaking ability that they, they could bring. And it, it's just a unique skill set. A guy at that size can see the floor the way that he sees it. I, I'm a big time, big time Josh Giddy fan, but I don't think he'll be there. The, the guy that I'm looking at for the Grizzlies that's number one on my list realistically is Chris Duarte, um, a, a guy out of Oregon, 24 years old. That's kind of why I think his stock is down a little bit because if he was 19, 20 years old, I think he'd be a, a lot top 10 pick, no doubt, with the skill set he brings, what he can do offensively, he can shoot the basketball. Really good defender, uh, can get to the basket, strong, bring size to the shooting guard position at 6'6". Six, six. Uh, does a lot of good things for you, and I think he might have the safest out of – outside of the lottery, I think he definitely has the safest floor. I think he's a guy that you don't – he's 100% at least going to be an NBA rotation player, I think, at worst. I think day one, he'll be able to come in and play for you, and that's the guy that I like there for Memphis at 17. Mm, David, are you with uh, Isaac on that one? Uh. Yeah, you know, th there's a lot of chat about what are they going to do? Are, are they going to get a guy historically? And, and it's, you know, it's only been a few years here, but you look back at what Kleiman's done since he's got to Memphis and you look at the, you know, obviously Jaws a no brainer. Zion goes one. RJ Barrett made it clear he didn't want to play in Memphis. He wanted to be in New York. That's fine. Ja too. Then later on in that draft, he trades up to get Brandon Clark, a guy that, played multiple years in college, and a lot of teams let him fall because of his age. 
Well, then the next year, trade up and get Desmond Bain at the end of the first, trade up again and get Xavier Tillman in the first part of the second. So he's not afraid of guys that are a little bit older. The age thing for Kleiman has not been a factor. It doesn't seem to affect the way that he drafts. So, I, you know, if he does stick to his guns and drafts the same way that he has been, then it wouldn't surprise me at all to see uh, Duarte end up being a Grizzly. Um, but th- there's th- they've done a lot of stuff to kind of implicate maybe they're going to move back or, or possibly even up depending on what's available. You know, Josh Christopher is a guy that's kind of mocked all over the place from, you know, late first round to I think one place has him at 20 right now, but he he was in Memphis this week working out for the team. So is that somebody that they're eyeing at 17 because he's someone they could send down to the G league and let him develop a little bit more before they bring him up. So it's really that I think that is what is what's got me so excited about this draft for the Grizzlies because there's no, like hole in the roster you there's no position where we have to have this guy do they need more shooting yes they do a lot of Grizz fans like Corey Kispert I'm not a huge fan of Corey Kispert I think that he is going to be very one-dimensional I think his lack of athleticism is going to get him torched on the defensive end I don't think his game is going to translate into the NBA other than just being a shooter so I, I don't like him there. I would rather them take a swing at a guy like Josh Christopher than, you know, Kispert falls to 17 and they take him. There, there'll be a lot of Grizzlies fans that are happy, but I will not be one of them. Well, that's yeah, and right. I, I agree with, yeah, and I agree with David on, on Kispert because Grizzlies need – they need shooting, but they need versatility. Uh, and guys that on the wing that are versatile because, I mean, you bring him in, you, are, you just drafted Desmond Bain, who's a shooter, where is he going to play? Uh, that's the thing about Kisper. Josh Kisper is at least a guy that you feel can do some other things if he develops. And he's a guy that you can, again, take down to the G League and hopefully develop and come down and be more of a two-way player. And Kisper, I, I just don't think brings that. And I think I think a team, whoever takes him, and I, I think they're going to be disappointed because I think he's going to end up just being a shooting specialist. I just don't know who he can guard in the NBA. I mean, you, you talk about a team that needs shooting. He's like, Kisper is the best shooter in the draft, so it's a no-brainer. But I, I just think he's going to be super one-dimensional. I just don't – that's not what the Grizzlies need right now. Mm. Will, what are your thoughts on who's Memphis taking? Well, I, I think we had enough of Memphis coverage. You know, me and Corbin. <laughs> Corbin is a Lakers fan. I'm a Hornets fan. So let's talk about our teams. You know, all right, I think go they on. Memphis. I, I, I'm with it. You know, I like the Grizzlies and all that, grit and grind. Let's run on to the Lakers, you know. God, man, what are the Lakers going to do with peak? What, they got 22? Yeah, go ahead, Corey. Yeah, listen, listen. <laughs> I, I forgot that. We trade our pick anyway, so no, okay. Um, I mean, if you, want Eric you probably – No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to get rid of him for everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, you do realize there's a ton of Laker fans who think we can get a number one for uh, Kyle Kuzma, right? Like, we should get, like, a top five pick for that, right? Like, we delusional. Oh, so, maybe play? we ain't but, that delusional. No, I'm good. Yeah, some of those, some of those Kuzma trades you see on Twitter, man. They, yeah, y'all, 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 y'all think Kuzma's a big deal, man, down there in, out there right? in L.A. Oh, my gosh, man. You know. But no. like swindled you. <laughs> yeah, you know what, man? Aye, aye. I, I still – we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> if I, I like uh, Michonne Highland. 
uh, Bill looking on him. We need guard play. I mean, we didn't see from what happened with Dennis Schroeder, the fact that we don't really have any shooting, um, you know, with Alex Caruso being solid. He can shoot three, okay, but he's not doing it at a, at a tremendously high volume. We need someone else who can kind of put the ball in the basket that can self-create and isn't, you know, LeBron James. Um, and for that, I'm looking at Nashawn Highland. He might go earlier. Um, he's projected like late first, so I think he's right there. He's a good shooter. He does it well from deep. He can make plays as far as just playmaking for others, but off the dribble, um, moves well off the ball, uh, you know, 6'3 from VCU. I, I like him. He doesn't draw, uh, like, a lot of free throws, and he's not really a true point guard, but we have LeBron, so I don't think we need a true point guard. We just need a combo guard who can shoot and score, and he can do that. So if he can do that and run the point, you know, on select minutes or whatever, I think that's a nice fit. Somebody could just come in. We need a player like that that isn't exactly – uh, I mean, I can't even say I like Hayden Horton Tucker because I think he's okay, but I think he's overrated. Like, we need a guy like that, but just with a swing more to the shooting than getting to the rim because we see when it gets tougher in high-pressure games and or playoffs that the rim can kind of get swallowed up. But we need someone to open up the floor a little bit. I, I like Highland for that. Oh, yeah, not bad. Uh, well, oh, we're a yeah. Charlotte Hornets fan, aren't you? What do they got? That's Pick right. That's right. You know, uh, we, we're getting pretty young and, and yeah, good at all positions, except for center. We've been terrible at center forever. Uh, our best center was uh, Al Jefferson uh, back in the day for the Bobcats. So I think if Kai Jones right. falls there uh, to number 11, the big man from Texas, uh, I think that would be a great fit for us. I mean, really any center that's at 11 is better than anything we've had in a long time. So uh, if, Somehow wow. operates and go. <laughs> I'm not going to take too much Stephen Adams slander, sir. <laughs> hey, not I'm, not talking about the Pelican. I'm not talking no. about the Pelican. I know. I know. <laughs> Every time I hear you bring about... the center, I'm bringing up Stephen Adams. Do you want no, right, Do, you want... Right. Do I want who? Eric, Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe. <laughs> hey, I would, give, I would take Eric Bledsoe for Cody Zeller any day of the week. What so, better leader to learn from for, 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 for LaMelo? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Cody Zeller's got to get out of there. Diambo can stay as a backup or whatever, but I think Kai Jones will be a great fit at 11. He's got a lot of potential. If Al Perrinson going falls to 11, take the center. Charlotte needs the center more than anything. Get it done. Simple. Easy fit. Oh, Trade for Stephen Adams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take <Lamello>. it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will, what – I know they drafted um, Vernon Carey from Duke last year. Are you not convinced they did, they that, did. He, that he has enough upside to maybe be that guy for you? He didn't really get to see the floor a whole lot last year. Right. It's not about me being convinced. I don't think the Hornets are convinced because <laughs> they didn't give him an opportunity to play. I mean, it was crazy at the end of the season. Uh, you know, we had a lot of injuries to Zeller, and uh, if we only had Biombo. Biombo missed a couple games. They still never really played uh, – my guy, Vernon Carey, uh, they also drafted Nick Richards. Didn't really play him either. So I don't know if they just have no confidence or they're saving him for next year. But uh, if that's something they have, you know, as a secret, uh, you know, plan they have, then they could surprise someone like if Davion Mitchell falls or, you know, just take a, a shot on talent as Zaire Williams or someone like that. But if they don't believe in Vernon Carey, they have to go with the big man at eleven. Well, if he's anything like Big Al Jefferson, jeepers. I used to get that guy on 2K flat out. Um, yeah. He was a problem. He one of the last big, true, big um, Al, man. Big men like, in the post. Yes, oh. sir. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought about him for a long time, but now I'm going to watch his highlights <laughs> after this because, um, yeah, he was wicked. Uh, 
guys, so I reckon that's we've probably hit the nail on the draft. I mean, there's a lot of probably later on in the uh, in the draft that a few different guys are going to get moved around. You guys been watching the finals? Surely it's probably a stupid question, isn't it? I mean, what are they looking <laughs> like? These Phoenix Suns, hey? Oh my gosh, they're they're, they're uh, I mean, we've got they've got a lot of slander on on Twitter and everything for being. You know, I guess the one relatively healthy team after all the injuries have kind of ravaged the whole playoffs. But I, not only do I push back on that, because come on, like it, it's a war of attrition. That's every playoffs. Like, I think you go back to like 2014 with it, the last two teams that weren't necessarily impacted either themselves or their opponents by like a major injury. Every other year since then, whether or not the team was favored, they played a team that wasn't at 100 percent. And you could look, you know, playoffs, finals, all that good stuff. So. On the one hand, I, I don't like hearing that. I just got to get on my, my soapbox and say that. On the other hand, I feel like that's credit to the Suns for managing to kind of keep injuries to a minimum. I mean, considering that they play a 36-year-old point guard who played almost every game this year. You know what I mean? That they have a lot of guys who, I mean, they've suffered some unfortunate injuries this finals with Dario Saric and Tory Craig, but they've mostly been healthy in a, in a year where that's been hard to come by. So I, I give them credit just for that, but they're just a solid team. Like, I'm not a Suns fan. I'm in Arizona right now, actually. And it's funny because as a Lakers fan, you know, I really should be mad. But if you think about this, losing to the eventual possible NBA champions only benefit us as a Lakers because, I mean, we lost the best, you know? <laughs> I'm out, guys. Somebody else take over. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm, with, I'm with Corbin on that. I think you you get a lot of pushback saying that they're, they're just there because of the injuries, and I don't think that's true at all. I mean, this, this team started, you saw in the bubble last mm-hmm. year, this team was really building something. They go out and add Chris Paul, and, I mean, this is the number two seed. It's not like they're number five seed or the number six seed, a team that doesn't supposed to be there. I mean, they're the number two seed, and I, I just think it just felt like for a while here that they're the team of death. Um, I just felt like they're going to – and I, I just don't think the Bucks have what it takes. I mean, I said Suns in five before the, the series started, and I was kind mm-hmm. of thinking Giannis was going to miss some time. But even with him back, I mean, you saw game one where he didn't look like there was anything wrong with that knee. He looked 100%. They outshot the Suns. Uh, Devin Booker didn't shoot the ball particularly well in game one, and they still lost that game. Um, and then the Bucks. The Suns come back and win game two. You're staring at a 2-0 hole. I, I can't see the Bucks winning two games in a row, even back in Milwaukee. I think the Suns get one of those games. I think Bucks, Bucks probably win game three. I think the Suns win game four. And they go down 3-1. I think it's lights out. I just think the Suns are too much for them right now. Chris Paul is just on another level. They don't really have an answer for him, and they don't really have an answer for Aiden. And I just think defensively and, – and you and you talk about Boonhoser, I just – they just don't play smart. They don't play to their strengths. It's just it's just been rough all along. It's, it's kind of crazy to me that they're in the finals. I think we just talk about all the injuries that we saw in the East. I think the Nets would have definitely been there. But, again, I mean, it's it's what we got. And I think the Suns are just the better team. And I think they're going to win this thing fairly easily. Yeah. With you there. What do you reckon, Dave? I think Richard Jefferson made, made a great point earlier today. Um, he was talking about – Giannis is the best player in the series. I think that, you know, at this point, Chris Paul's career, you can't, you can't argue that he's better than Giannis. So Giannis is one, but then the next three best players all play for Phoenix. Yeah. They, they all play for the the Suns. And, and, you know, Drew holiday is an excellent basketball player. He is not showing up. You know, Chris Middleton has not been Chris Middleton in the series. Giannis has to have help. He, he had that knee injury. He's looked really good. Doesn't look like that's a, affecting him, but he looks like a one-man show out there, and that, that is really hurting him. And whether that is, 
his own doing or the game plan, whatever, whatever is causing them to play this way that they've got to figure it out. And so this coaching staff with Budenholzer, are they going to be able to make the adjustments to make that happen? Judging by these first two games, I would say no. I think it's Phoenix in four or five. Yeah, and Holiday and, wow. and Milton are guys that you just can't can't depend on. I mean, at times they look like all-star level players, and other times they just look like regular role players. And again, Giannis can't get this done by himself. I mean, because the Suns have guys. I mean, you got Jay Crowder playing big-time basketball. They have to match that, and they just haven't. I mean, Giannis, his, his pro, his guys have let him down. I mean, he's been tremendous. I mean, coming back from injury, fighting, didn't think he was going to play game one, end up playing, had a good game. He just hasn't had the help, and you really saw it in game two, and he just can't do it by himself. These guys have to step up. Now, I think we'll see that in game three. They go back home. They're going to get there. They're going to have their fans in it. going to be fired up, and I think you're going to see guys like Mel- Mel- Middleton and Holiday play better because you kind of see those guys play better at home. Uh, but I just think the Suns are going to win this thing in five. I think they'll split those games. I think they'll go back to Phoenix. I think Phoenix will close it out. I think that's what we're going to see. I predicted that, and that was thinking Giannis was going to be out, but even with him back, man, I just – he's not getting the requisite help, and it's just going to be a, a tough road for him. And Phoenix is just on a different level right now, and I just think Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden are big-time problems for them defensively, and I just don't know if there's any adjustments. I think it's just a personnel issue. Uh, Will, what do you reckon? Yeah, uh, I definitely think the Bucks. you know, they're, it's not looking great right now. They're down 0-2, but I think they will come back. I think this series – should at least go six. Um, you know, you, if you look at the last round, the Suns and the Clippers, they went six games, and that was without Kawhi Leonard. So as long as um, Giannis stays healthy um, and he's and he's looking great out there, I know it's a lot on a lot of love for him to carry. But I think the Bucks will look a lot better at home. You know, this is not the bubble to where you have no crowd, so the role players are not playing as good on the road. So hopefully at home they will step it up. I'm not sure, but you know. Uh, they're definitely in a hole and Giannis is going to need some help. But, and speaking of the Suns, you know, if they do eventually win, I do think there will be an asterisk though, because, you know, they played the Clippers without Kawhi. AD was, it was no AD. LeBron wasn't wow. right. Uh, they, oh, played the Nuggets. <laughs> they played the Nuggets. Jamal Murray wasn't there. Are you serious? So, Are you serious? But, but what I'm saying is <laughs> no one's, no one's going to care because everyone's going to be so happy that Chris Paul got his first ring. So if this was a LeBron championship and all those injuries were there, it would definitely be an asterisk. But, you know, if, with, with Chris Paul winning it, no one's going to really care. Somebody mute this guy. What about that Lakers championship last hey, year, man? Hey, hey, we, don't speak about, we don't speak about that, sir. That was a hard championship psychological, okay? Hardest of his life, man. We had no fans. <laughs> we basically played open gym every night. Like, Some of like, oh, the Exactly. Oh, no, no. You know, I'm going to leave. I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew someone was going to bring up that Lakers championship. What's like, the problem, LeBron? But why you even do yeah, that? Yeah, man. But, man, I've, I've been a Chris Paul hater, man. We – haven't been big fans of Chris Paul here in Memphis, man. We had some battles uh, back in the day and in those playoff series. But, I mean, I've really fell in love with, with him this season. I have a lot of respect for him going to OKC and him not complaining there and the way he led that young team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Luke, we might we might have lost him there. Oh, cool. yeah. I thought he was stopping hot. <laughs> yeah, that was pause for effect. Um, <laughs> I, I I do have one thing. So, l- looking, I want the Suns to win it. 
Oh, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> we got you, man. You're back. We're <laughs> losing you, man. Isaac is robot. And I, I want to like Drew Holiday. I mentioned him. His career numbers, he's he's a career 50% field goal percentage and 36% from three. He's shooting 31% from the field and 14% from three in this series. And that's the guy that the Bucks went to go get to push them over the edge. They they didn't have it before. This is the guy they thought they needed in order to push them over the edge. And he he's just been he's been invisible. So if they want any shot at all, Giannis is doing what he needs to do. Yep. Drew Holiday is the X factor in this series. If he is able to turn it around, I think that maybe you can see this series go a little bit longer. But if he continues to play this way, man, I, I don't think Milwaukee has a shot at all. I'm right with you, David. I, I got to jump on. Lyle, listen, what David said, I take that, I second it, and I offer you a trade package. Eric Bledsoe <laughs> with Drew Holiday straight up. Who says no? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you've got to give us another six first round draft picks. Because <laughs> that's like, what we got for Yeah, yeah, no, that's ridiculous. No, I'm playing with you. Honestly, like, that's the one thing, and I'm glad you brought up because that was one thing I've been annoyed by. Like, Drew Holiday, when that trade happened, I thought it was cool. You know, I like Drew Holiday, the player. I, I just didn't think he was that guy. Like, the piece up over the top, much less the extension you had it, and maybe he's just not. I don't want to say a big time player. He's had moments. I mean, he had that one, um, I think it was a 2018 playoff series with the Pelicans where he played really well. Um, I think it made the second round then, but like, aside from that, I just feel like he's a solid player. Like he's not someone you go and, 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 and hinge your title contention window on, especially at age 31 playing like this, because he just looks all sorts of bad for someone who's not battling any injury concerns. That's reporter that we know of, he, you know, he can't buy a bucket. Is he taking a three? You probably know it's going to miss, especially if it's from the corner for whatever reason, this finals, like he's just been bad. And he came out this game, you know, he said um, post game of game, two of game one you know i gotta be more aggressive what does he do he comes out more aggressive he just misses more and it's just like what are we doing at this point and that's uh, that's you're right that's a problem if, if they can't step up there i think i think the bucks might just win one game i mean i made this joke already but we're not on this show but i feel like the bucks in the last like three playoff exits that they've had they're always good for at least one chris middleton 38 or to 41 point game just one like, it usually comes with a down 3-0 and it doesn't really matter. But usually you're good for, like, one big Chris Middleton game where he, like, helps him out. You know, I think you're still do one of those. But, like, you can't seriously think you're going to contend without bringing Drew Holiday. You have Eric Bledsoe, you know, as the artist formerly known as Drew Holiday right now. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, I was going to say, I, I don't know where they go from here. Because, again, I think this is going to be a short series. And when they went out and made that move, for, for Drew Holiday, I'm looking at this like, I'm like, you're a small market. That contract was massive. And I'm like, this better work out. Um, because, and I understand from their perspective, I think they just wanted to kind of show Giannis that they were for real, that they were really going to pay money to be a title contender. But you kind of look at the situation now, and it, the Grizzlies were in this, this situation a few years back during the Core 4 era, where you kind of capped out, you're in a small market, and you're really good, but you don't have what it takes to get over the top. And I'm looking at this situation a few weeks ago you were talking about firing Budenholzer now do you get to get to the finals do you keep him around now I mean there's going to be a lot of questions when this series is over and I, I really don't know where the Bucks go from here yeah, yeah I mean I mean they, they had to do the trade to get um Drew Holiday though I mean no matter how bad he's playing he's still playing a lot better than Eric Bledsoe would be playing out there they would not be in the championship game with Eric Bledsoe um I I got to say, I got to say, though, real quick, well, I got to push back just a little bit because I was looking at this 
from Statmuse, okay. um, what, two days ago, and they were comparing. Now, mind you, it's it's small sample size because, you know, Bledsoe did go to the playoffs more with Milwaukee than this one from Eric Bledsoe. I mean, th- Eric Bledsoe went more with the Bucks during his years with them than Drew Holiday's one. But this came out yesterday. So Eric Bledsoe's shooting splits with the Bucks. Just playoff career, you know, 41% from the field, 25% from three, 73% from the free throw line. Drew Holiday, this postseason, 41% from the field, 28% from three, 67% from the free throw line. If you take per 36, it looks even more identical. Like right now, you are getting exact same production in terms of just statistics, in terms of maybe maybe you got um, Drew Holiday giving more assists, but shooting percentage, just the whole nine. You are getting the exact same thing. I just find that hilarious. I mean, if anything, Eric, Drew Holiday shooting worse from from the free throw line. I, I mean, I get it. You're right. All things being equal, you have the better player in Drew Holiday. But this postseason, I, I do not think you have the better player right now. I mean, actually, you do because I mean, Eric Bledsoe's home. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are great points, great stats. But uh, if you would not have gotten, <laughs> if you, you are, if, <laughs> no, really, it is. But if you are like, not, I'm, I'm gonna gotten, let you finish, but. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this is but, me and Will all the time. <laughs> I know, right? But if this trade wouldn't have happened, would Giannis be in Milwaukee with Eric Bledsoe? I don't think so, right? He would have left town, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was no way to predict that they were <laughs> going to end up with Eric Bledsoe 2.0 in the playoffs. True that. True that. <laughs> True that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we've uh, we've unpacked a fair bit today. Um, I reckon we might put a pin in it. I really appreciate you all coming on and uh, spending your evenings, your Friday nights, uh, chatting with me uh, and each other. It's been uh, really, really good fun. And I, yeah, I think we should do more of these uh, throughout the journey because um, yes. they have been really, really good. I'm going to go around the room and uh, if you can just plug your show, plug yourself. And um, Will, where can we find you? Oh, definitely. Thank you uh, again for having me on the show, Lyle. This was great fun, even though everyone disagreed with me the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you can follow me on Twitter at WilliamIsBill and check out my podcast, the All Rookie Podcast. Uh, I appreciate it. If you listen, give me a follow. Thank you. Appreciate it. Has he has he left you? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin, thank you very much for uh, for jumping on. Uh, where can we find you? Listen, I had a lot of fun with y'all. We definitely do this again. Uh, you know, find me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Uh, make sure to check out Round Ball Ramble. Uh, hoop Ball, you know, hoopbassball.com on Twitter, Hoop Ball Tweets. We all there. We know it. Um, and that's really just about it. Yeah, David, what about yourself? I am on Twitter at DWill2111. I am a <laughs> co-host of the Hoop Ball Grizzlies podcast along with Mr. Isaac Simpson. They, uh, the show is at Hoop Ball Grizz. And Isaac, where can we find you? I know you're a hoop ball grizz, but uh, what about personally? Yeah, man, all the stuff that David said, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore rivals. And this was fun, man. We should definitely do hoop boardies, man. I had a lot of fun doing it. Oh, it was great fun. And um, guys, again, thank you so much uh, for jumping on. Uh, to my listeners out there, uh, I hope you got something out of this. I sure did. Um, I've got a lot to think about now for what the Pelicans should do and uh, what I'm going to whinge about on my podcast. But uh, for now, look after yourselves and uh, bye for now. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.